Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast. Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and business. Let's get into this next episode. We're back. We are back. With another episode of Resilient, Resilient Love. Love. All right. So we want to start this episode with the question of the day. So I have a pile of questions. And Mr. Baker's going to choose one. Okay. Let's read. What do you love about your hometown? So for those of you that do not know, we are from Kinston, North Carolina. K-Town. K-Town? And what do you love about Kinston? Um, I would have to say our resilience in sports. Okay. Sports? Yeah, we go hard. Um, sports because um, it's just one of those neutral things that brings our city together. Like, everybody. We're already kind of a small town. Kind of everybody know everybody, so it just puts that extra dynamic on. It's like a big old cookout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sports bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's like tailgating. Yes, yeah. yes, sports was amazing. Especially, we can specifically talk about um 2007 to 2011, that four year time span at um Kenson High School, which is our alma um, that was definitely a major four years for the high school and for Lenore County as a whole. Um, for me, the thing I love about Kenson is the, Q said the word, and this is in our name. I feel as though Kenson is definitely a city that builds you up for your future. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of opportunities that are there. It's like a hidden gem, you know? You really don't know, or or people, outsiders, don't really know the value of something until they get inside of it. And of course, we can name some things that could improve, but it's truly a hidden gem. A lot of good does come out of Kinston, not just in the sports arena, but even in business, even in ministry, even in nonprofit, like there are a lot of great things that can be said about kids and our education. So overall, it's like a hidden gem. So I think that's the part about kids. And I really love the uniqueness and the fact that a lot of people emphasize the negative, but they don't amplify the positive. So let's amplify the good. So we want you guys to comment down below. Where are you from? And what do you love about your city? Because there's something to love. There's some good that came out of your city because you came from your city. So obviously, some good came from your city. Right? Right. Okay. So uh, that's our question of the day. So we want you guys to comment down below. And now let's take a moment and hear from our sponsors. Today I want to talk about a life asset tool and a financial tool. Yes, life insurance. Life insurance can be one of the most beneficial tools you can have in your tool belt. It helps your family 
not be in financial distress in your absence. And it also can be used as a financial tool. So today, go ahead and check out Policy Genius to go ahead and add this as an asset to your life and a tool to be in your tool belt for when times shift that you are prepared. Well, thank you so much to our sponsors. We appreciate you. Because of them, we keep this podcast going. All right, so the topic of the day. Mm. We're thinking about divorce. And it's not in the sense of we, we just we thinking about divorce, right? We're thinking about it. We thinking about it. We thinking. Yeah. We are thinking about it. Using our mindset to just think. What does that look like? What does it really look like? Well, in thinking about divorce, we're truly thinking about why are people getting a divorce? Um, society has... I'm just going to speak more so from mainstream. Right. Mm, that's really what mainstream, mainstream, because we understand that, you know, maybe your neighbor next door could be going through this process. And this is not something to, you know, take lightly. Yeah. And we recognize that there are moments where a couple just makes their decision, whether based at, based on things that the public don't know. Yes. Based on things the public doesn't know. And I feel like that's the reason why we wanted to jump into this topic because we have seen over this past literally about three months. Strong. Well, I would say the last year, but definitely. Within these last three months. Yeah. We have seen a lot of celebrities mm-hmm. choosing to file for divorce. Which celebrities, what makes them celebrities is their power of influence. Right. So that's why it is taking a different spin around the block Mm -hmm. because we haven't seen this much high rate of divorce uh, from mainstream, I mean, celebrities. So that's why it's highlighted, it's extra highlighted. And I mean, what we see about three divorces in one day or four. You know, well, I want to highlight Tia Mori. You know, for those of you that don't know, I love sister, sister, I love it. And although that's a character that she played, her and her sister really catapulted, in my opinion, from that show. After finding out through different um videos that they actually that role, sister, sister, was developed just for them, so that was a unique role like the producer thought about them when they wrote that storyline so i just thought that was awesome but nonetheless that storyline does not dictate you know what happens behind the scenes and i think that's why quentin and i wanted to just take a brief moment and talk about this because whether you have celebrity status or not there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes see right now quentin and i are in front of this camera but once we cut the camera off, that's truly behind the scenes. Yeah. So you don't know what's going to happen once this camera 
goes off once the audio is finished. So can you get a glimpse of real life on the main screen, on the screen, if, like right now, mm-hmm. but you never really know what's behind the scenes. Right. And you I, can always assume. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's um for for all intent purposes, I think it's best that way for assumption. There's some things I do believe in being transparent. It really Of course. But I think in order to keep things on the up and up, there's some things that need to remain private amongst the family in their house. Mm-hmm. Especially specifically the marriage. Yeah. Now, here's a part about celebrities and things of that nature that make this topic interesting. Because if you find out from a close friend or community person that they get a divorce, it's not in the headlines. Right. Because it, it, it's not. That's Again, it goes back to that thing about influence. That's why celebrities, anytime to push a mass message or a mass agenda, um, celebrities are the ones that they're going to go to because the influence. Mm-hmm. If you, as an example, um, the vaccine shots. A lot of people were very, very hesitant when it first rolled out and they began using celebrities. To make it okay. Mm-hmm. So when I bring up the point about the publicizing of or the announcement of the divorce, it's just, I guess for me, it's like, and, and you tell me your thoughts on this. So you know when you get married or engaged, you make a public announcement. When you get your marriage day or your wedding day, you make a public announcement. When you get a divorce, you don't really make a point. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So, like, have we made social media? Yeah. Have I, we overdone it with sharing? Yes. Is my point, is my question. I think, yes, that's a good point. Um, and I would, I did say, I, let me retract my statement. Okay. I said, no, we don't share the divorce we do share it's it's not as common but it's more common today than it used to be um social media has it has it's just like anything it has its good and it has its bad it's ugly or dark side everything has a dark side mm-hmm. and the dark side to social media is behaviors right um it has the ability to control behaviors uh-huh. and predict behaviors because of what you see, the interaction on a mass level. You're seeing you're seeing people you don't even know, especially reels, yeah, stuff like that. You're you're connecting to people you would have never known without social media. Yeah, I think the overexposure. Um, some people may say over overstimulated because. When you begin to see different um, narratives played over and over and over again, it becomes a part of your psyche. It becomes a part of your, as he just stated, your behaviors, your mannerisms. You begin to shift. And so why we're bringing up divorce is there are two levels to it, right? The public side and the private side. The public side as in, I thought they were good. I saw them at such and such just last week or they just did an interview and they seem to be all happy and giddy on the camera. But then you have those other people that do the behavior analysis and 
they say, oh, well, she kind of pushed away a little bit when he said that comment or he kind of scrunched his mouth a little bit when he heard her say her statement. So like our body language, our body language. Exactly. So I just feel like people begin to create narratives yeah. around the status of your marriage. And what we are trying to say is keep your marriage sacred. That's the first point we're trying to make. Keep your marriage sacred. Whatever it is or is not, that's the real answer between the two parties. No matter what society says, no matter what your neighbor says, you and the other party know what happened, first and foremost, in Jesus Christ. The second thing is we believe that at the end of the day, divorce is an option, but you choose not to. You have so basically, divorce is an option. I think people over overly say divorce ain't an option. You know what I'm saying? Like once we get married, divorce ain't an option. That's how we've been trained. Most, yeah, most of us in our culture have been trained on one spectrum. It is an option. It is, and once you say it openly, you can accept that it really is an option. It is an option to leave. Um, however. But you choose yeah. to stay. So the same way you have to choose divorce is the same way you have to choose to be married. So the same way you choose to go to work is the same way you have to choose to go to marriage. You know, if you don't go to work, your bills don't get paid. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, and I think sometimes that we don't, I use the work example because that's easily relatable for everybody because seriously, if you do, especially in the highest period of inflation we live in. Yeah. If you don't work, if you don't, and I'm not saying work is traditional nine to five, but if you don't have a means of income from a good source, mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out. So why don't we take the same measures that we take to figure out work mm-hmm. to figure out marriage? So I just feel like, and, and now this is going to step on some toes. And we we know that we're not in anybody's household, mm-hmm. right? right? However, when we hear the phrase irreconcilable differences, that's so common. We want you all to know in our time of being married, our time of dating, being friends, we have had some irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can can I can I be honest? We've had some irreconcilable differences. So, but that doesn't mean quit. The question I have for people that say irreconcilable differences is, what have you done in other cases that you all did not agree? Mm-hmm. What have you done in those cases? Because. This is an additional case to a moment where you and your spouse didn't agree. But the way we're saying irreconcilable differences, most the the way it's portrayed usually is the end. Mm-hmm. Um versus it's just a disagreement. That's the right. Issue. So once you hear irreconcilable difference, and I don't think that that is. It's not by chance, it's by choice mm-hmm. that even the court system itself, the way it 
gives you that option to say irreconcilable difference. Like, you know, usually when you go through a, a systematic process, there's a checkbox method. Check A for uh, infidelity. Check B for blank. Mm -hmm. Check last one, irreconcilable differences. So that is something that the system has portrayed mm -hmm. to be an option. So it creates a narrative around the word, the, the term irreconcilable differences as the end. No more trying, no more attempts, no more uh, compromise, because yeah. that is the opposite of an irreconcilable difference is compromise. Come on. Both parties may not agree, but we have to come to a conclusion on how can we get through this together and both parties somewhat win. Mm hmm. Um. That's the same thing with arbitration, same thing with so many other measures. But we get we get stuck on a, a term and we don't have that like that resilience to fight. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. We are we have to recognize Quinn and I are saying when you and your spouse or significant other mm -hmm. assess your status. We are not of saying stay in a situation where you are being abused. We are not saying stay in a situation where you feel as though some needs are not being met that are detrimental to your well-being or your health. We are saying that after you've done all you can. We're not even saying that if it's a toxic marriage. Yes. But I will say for that, I cannot give a pass to say even if it is a toxic marriage, it didn't it didn't become toxic overnight. It had to begin, it had to begin purified at some point. And then it got toxic. Mm -hmm. So my point in saying that is seek counseling, seek help, seek professional counseling. Yeah. We we are obviously advocates for relationships to stay together yeah. that's very clear i think the power of the family union right we are advocating for that but we also recognize that that is not everybody's story we understand that too so we're up we're up here to truly say we're just thinking about it we're having an open dialogue with you right now mm -hmm. just to say these are some of the thoughts that we've had have had around the topic of divorce now, are Quentin and I considering divorce? No. We are just concerned about the state of the family. If you want to say state of emergency, we're saying the state of the family. You know, what is the state of the family dynamic? What is the state of population? What is the state of the father in the home, the mother in the home? What is the state of this? You know, there are a lot of other effects that happen behind saying I don't, right? Because when you got in front of the, the pastor or the minister and you said to your spouse, I do, when you go in front of the judge, you're saying, I don't. So at what point during your process of being married, you began to say, I don't. Check that. When did your I do change to I don't? And if you find that you say, I don't, I think you have to be able to if there's any ounce of love there, you have to be willing to say, I will. Come on. And the I will is a different. We're exploring a, a untouched 
area that's not typically touched right now. So you have to say, I will change the language, say, I will. Obviously, there are some issues, there's some problems. I will commit to trying. I will commit to professional help for us to survive and not just survive, to get in survival mode, but then begin to thrive, Mm -hmm. begin to put in the practices that the professional counselors tell us or share with us, implement those things that are necessary so we can thrive. Most people just say, we got to survive, but we have to survive first and then figure out how we're going to thrive. Right. I want to draw some statistics before we keep going. So it says, in um, based upon this website, which is from Charles R. Ullman and Associates here in North Carolina, they are sharing some statistics based on 2019, which is the year that Quentin and I got married. It says that two million fifteen thousand six hundred and three marriages took place in the united states in 2019 it says 746,971 divorces and annulments were finalized in 2019 based on partial data from 45 states now let's talk about north carolina 64,832 marriages took place in North Carolina in 2019, with 10% specifically in Wake County, which is where this law office is located. 32,862 divorces took place in North Carolina in 2019. Wake County recorded 8.2% of divorces in that state. May was the month in 2019 when the most divorces occurred. February had the fewer divorces, I guess because of the love month. It says 2,706 divorces took place in Wake County, which includes Raleigh, Cary, Nightdale, and others. What is our point with giving those statistics? It says the U.S. divorce rate increased during the 1970s and the early 80s and peaked nationally at 5.3% per thousand in 1981. The rate fell to 4.7% at ni- in 1990 and continued falling then to 2.7% in 2019. So obviously the divorce rate has decreased over the years, but it says at 3.1 divorces per thousand people, North Carolina's divorce rate is, the, is higher it was higher than the national rate. So do y'all, do y'all catch that? North Carolina specifically was higher than the national rate in 2019, according to the National Center for Health Statistics. But the rate was lower in previous decades. In the year 2000, the divorce rate in North Carolina was 5.1% of divorces per thousand people and has fallen since. So what we're trying to say is, yes, Obviously, the statistics are fluctuating, but it says divorce rates are a cumulative statistic. They don't occur at a single moment in time, but add up over the years of marriage, and so do the rates. So in other words, comparing the number of marriages in a year to the number of divorces in a year could be a little bit misleading. But we want you guys to understand 
that the trajectory of divorces is still on the table. Yeah. I mean, it won't ever really be off the table. Um, when you think about the show Love is Blind, right? Mm -hmm. You really don't know who you're marrying. There you go. So you have to account for when you look at it at a starting out at a hundred percent success rate, okay, you have 10% that could be abuse. Mm -hmm. Whether it's verbal, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Now you have another 10% that just came in it unknowing, like just did it because it was cute on Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the thrill of the it. The thrill, the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. So you got to break it down into those chunk percentages and Okay. That makes sense. The reason. Mm -hmm. The reason why. There's several different reasons why. Just mm -hmm. like Tyler Perry. Why did I get married? Yeah. So it's not like they're bad reasons. Um, but even in that reasoning, the lack of responsibility in marriage has kind of ceased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use it as an example of those before us, the generation prior to us, um, maybe two generations. Mm -hmm. They stayed married. All marriages were happy. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Um, but they stuck it out. They stuck it out. They understood the responsibility and the power of the family unit. Mm -hmm. Family unit together, unity creates stability, creates several different things. Um, the which I guess the, again going back to responsibility piece when it comes to marriage it's not as responsible as it used to be back then mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, fa a fashion I, I, I'm glad you said the word responsibility because what I, what I gather is that the same way I have a teaching license Right? The same way the doctor has a medical license. The same way you have a driver's license mm -hmm. is the same way you get a marriage license. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to say is if you are licensed to do something, you have been equipped with a responsibility to uphold the standards and the statutes which come with that piece of paper. We sometimes minimize marriage to a piece of paper. But we forget that that paper has power. Mm -hmm. That paper has qualified that you and this person are now joined together. You and this person can now merge responsibilities, assets, monetary, family-wide. You know, you have this access, accessibility, as well as a commitment to this person. Yeah. So when you and that person come to a place of, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not what I signed up for. You technically did. Mm -hmm. Now, Quentin made a point earlier that you, you and that person may have had some signs, some tendencies that you saw, but you overlooked. I have heard many testimonies of women who have said, I'm glad I caught it early. And what I mean by that is, I'm glad he showed me his tendencies early because I chose not to proceed with the marriage. What I'm saying is 
Quentin said it plain, and I think that's really the heart of where we're coming from with our, our topic today. You have a responsibility to yourself first. What do you want out of a marriage? First of all, what do you bring to the table? Second of all, what do you desire in a partner? And third of all, are you ready to take on what that means? Are you ready to take on what it means when you and your spouse are going through, as we like to call, troubled waters? Are you ready to take on those moments where you and your spouse are cruising into the sunset? Are you ready to take on those moments where you want him to get on his own boat and you're going to build your own boat, but we're going to sail to the same place, but I want you to sail by yourself for a little while? But most people want reward without risk. Yep. The risk is always there. and The risk is always great. But the power of overcoming is greater. That's why the reward. And that's why we are resilient love. Yeah. This is why we are resilient love podcast. Because we want everybody to understand that you have to overcome some things. Mm -hmm. You have to go through some troubled waters. You have to literally face the man or woman in the mirror and say, I've changed, but is my change good or is my change hurting my spouse? Is my change progressing our household or hurting my household? You got to really assess yourself. When I say marriage is a mirror, I mean that. Marriage exposes some things, some blemishes, some imperfections, some things that you thought you were good. Honey, you got to work on that, okay? Yeah, but when you're single, you don't have to worry about when it. When you're single, ain't nobody questioning you. A ain't nobody, I'm, I'm speaking Ebonics now, I'm a teacher, but ain't nobody worried about that. Most times when you're single, anyway, you, you, get in a, you get in a flow and a rhythm where there is no change. This is what it is. Uh, most times, I'm not going to lie, especially from a male perspective, we friends, as you know, we friends that occasionally hang out. We friends that may do other stuff, but we friends. We ain't crossing the threshold. And if we do, there's a boundary. You got your house. I got my house. Like there's a sep the separation is what keeps the same flow of that person. Because when you're married, you're one. Mm -hmm. You should be in one house. Mm -hmm. You know, I mm -hmm. know this is a new age, and mm -hmm. but you should be in one house. Yeah. Um. Unless it's for like work purposes, and that should be kind of a temporary thing. Situation, right? Yeah. We, <clears throat> me. we don't want to be naive to circumstances because some people, you know, we come from a very churchy background, somewhat. And we have biblical principles yes. that we stand on. And 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 society, like he said, churchy. New school, we say <laughs> churchy. But we do have biblical principles that we stand on. So when we are coming to you all, we're coming to you with an honest listen. Everybody does not stay married. But our thing is, we want you to with the right strategies in place. And for whatever reason, 
that you don't. Yes. Uh, we don't want to just highlight that. We we want to be able to be well-rounded that we can touch both sides. Of that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, we understand that there's some unfortunate circumstances that divorce takes place and that's it. That's it. Um, what I will say is an encouragement to learn from that divorce. Yes. Um, ask those questions, get that counseling, do the work so that the next time will be better. Do the internal work. Right. Yeah. Before Quinn and I said I do, there was definitely some internal work, but we both were in long-term dating relationships prior. We just had our own. And we had our own flow. That's why we can come to y'all straight up and say, prior to I do, there was some work that was done. Quinn and I dated for five solid years. People said, why y'all still dating? Why why y'all ain't married? Why? But Quentin and I had to, to really assess ourselves because we had gotten to a flow. Yeah. We had gotten used to this is how I do it, this is how you do it, you know. So we had to learn each other. Relearn because I knew Quentin because of high school. But you don't know a person that you live with. And I think and we didn't live together until we said I do. So there was still a yeah. level of getting to know each other. But even in even prior to getting to I do, I think that's the importance of any type specifically professional premarital counseling. Yes. That you gonna have to just just assume that both parties and that's not every case, but typically are stubborn. <laughs> right, for example, <sighs> I was fixated on a certain idea of, I'm going to just be honest. It's about transparency. I was fixated on, I get back when I get back. I go out when I go out. Don't ask me much questions. I was just, I was a mess. But I had, that's how I was wired for so long so I had to unlearn to relearn what was proper mm-hmm. for a marriage mm-hmm. um, same way Brianna she had some things that she was like well this is a do not go compromise <laughs> that, I think the first year was just pure compromise yes yes but when people say your first year is your, I guess you could say, eye-opening year. They are not lying. So don't think that premarital counsel just saving grace. It's not going to happen. Uh-uh. You have to it's grow good. together. Yeah. You. That's what Uncle um, Tom yeah, said. Yeah. We got to grow together. Yeah. You don't go through life. You grow through you life. You grow through life. So I just feel like Quinn and I are literally saying, yes, on side A of this topic, you some situations can truly be therapy, prayer, some more conversations, some accountability partners, and you guys can begin to grow through that. Side B is we did everything y'all just said and it's still not clicking. Right? Yeah. But even with the side B category, Quentin and I are saying you can love again. You can get married again. But you have to assess where, what did I do in the marriage? 
Assess that first. Then assess what do I want after assessing everything else? What do I want in a spouse? And then, depending on the dynamics, if children are involved, assessing that. What type of figure do I want in the home for these children? So there are some true questions that have to get answered prior to the next relationship. And we get that most of you guys who are listening may have fallen into category A or B, or you could be in category C, which is dating or in a new relationship or whatnot. But nonetheless, no matter your category, we are telling you guys that divorce is an option, but you don't have to choose it. Right. And just, that's it. And just know, even with us sharing how we just shared that premarital, we did do premarital counseling, mm-hmm. right? But we still had to go through that first year of learning each other and learning how to compromise, um, not being so stuck in our ways that we couldn't learn from mm-hmm. each other and learn together. And the last point I want to say is just like seasons change, so does your marriage. So does your marriage. So don't, excuse me, don't go into the marriage blindsided is my point. Understand that your spouse is going to evolve. You want that. You want them to evolve into a better person. You know, I can honestly say Quentin has evolved. He has grown. And I see that. And I respect that. And I, you know, water that seed so that he can continue to grow. You know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, put a, you know, dig up the dirt and take him out of this particular environment that he's actually growing in. You see what I'm saying? Because there is a level of discernment that comes with marriage that you got to know what season your spouse is in, what words will help your spouse, what topics can you touch right now or wait till later. There is a level of, discernment there's a spiritual aspect to marriage that we want everybody to understand too that you got to know the timing you know you might be pissed off and you want to say something but there's a timing to it the words that you say right now when you're angry versus waiting about 30 minutes is going to be a different response a lot of the disagreements the arguments the he said she said even in marriage comes from not taking time to assess what you are about to say. Your words have power in your marriage. And Quentin and I, we are speaking life to every marriage that's listening. We are speaking life to every single person who desires marriage. We're speaking life even to the divorcee who is going through the changes that that come with that process. And we believe that a change will come for the better. But we also have to be honest. It starts with you. What do you want to see? We're almost to a new year. What do you want to get out of the rest of 2022? What do you desire for 2023? We want you to have a resilient love in whatever capacity that looks like. A resilient marriage, a resilient family, a resilient you know, friendship, whatever that looks like. We want you to overcome challenges together, to be better together. 
Okay. I think that was good. Oh, yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Let's take a moment and shout out a business. This is the voice of the owner of Streamline Media Agency, where we service small business owners with content creation and social media management. This podcast is produced by Streamline Media Agency. Need help? Call us. StreamlineMediaAgency.com All right. So that was our main topic. Hopefully you guys heard our hearts on that. We were sorting through some thoughts with you guys. So uh, we appreciate you for listening up until this point. Because if you hear us talking right now, you stuck it out. And we appreciate you for sticking it out. Um, my last thoughts on this is um, with everything that was said, we kind of touched every demographic as it relates to marriage, whether you're single, preparing for marriage, wanting to be married, divorced, or currently married. And all this, um, nothing is possible really without being intentional. You can pray about it, but you still got to be intentional. You can go to counseling, but you still got to be intentional. You can compromise, but you got to stick to the plan and still be intentional about working the plan, working the compromise areas you have all set. So that is the word I would leave with this topic today is, and all you do, be intentional. And that'll make you more resilient. resilient. Okay, friends. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know. Leave us a five-star review. And we'll catch another episode of Say Love. Love. Peace. Thank you to all listeners and subscribers. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple so that we can continue sharing resilient love. Thanks for listening.